Hello, everyone. Welcome to season three. Yes, season three. I cannot believe it. I made it this far. One, you probably noticed something very interesting. One, I got a new background. No, actually, yes. Uh, today is a special episode because, because I am talking to one of my close personal friends, Jessica Cruz, who I've known for the past four and a half years. Ryan. <laughs> yes. It's been a while since we talked to so well not necessarily. But, but yeah, it's been a while since more we, like face to like well yeah, that I can face see to face. face. It's been yeah. a while. Yeah. It's been a while this year. The last time we actually spoke to each other was probably last year. I I remember it was last year. It was our friend Clovis's uh uh benefit thing for yeah, benefit not Katja, but benefit night for That for, was that long. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Why do I feel like I saw you before? The, oh, man. Okay, never mind. Go on. Well, one, you probably, if you did see me, I, I, well, I was working in Manhattan over the summer last summer with my job. So even if you did see me, I probably would have been like very, you know, hey, I can't really talk. You know, I'm working on my job. You know, mm. I, I'd be a, very, a little busy bee in terms of my job. But yeah. Uh, yeah, the last time we spoke to each other was like literally last March or so. Like, not this past month, but like last year March, which feels like five years ago already. But okay. I know <laughs> it, it's been a year. It's been a long time. It's been a, uh, but yeah, the last time we actually spoke to each other face to face was essentially our friend Clovis's uh, benefit, uh, not benefit, no, uh, yeah, benefit uh, event. Bloom, I think it was called. Or yeah. Yeah, Bloom. And yeah, we were essentially just catching up, and then I was hoping to catch, uh, catch up with Jessica maybe down the line over the year because, uh, you know, the thing about theater, you know, the theater is literally a small world anyway. So it's like the people who you know in theater, chances are they may know someone who you know. So it's like, it's a, like theater is literally. It's a small world, like literally, because mm -hmm. people who you know in theater might be someone who, they, who, when your friends knows, who another friend knows. It's like it's it's weird how that works out, especially, and not only that, we both went to the same community college again, BMCC, and and but yeah, but that but we're not talking about my friendship right here. We're talking. <laughs> We're talking about how the hell did you get into acting? Because um, oh, sorry, my partner gave me. I thought you're the best. I love you. <laughs> um, he made me a peanut butter jelly sandwich. Sorry, and then uh, um. Anyways, question was, how did I get into? Yes, acting or performing arts in general. Um, so. Um, I picked up acting in high school. I used to do a lot of shows when I was younger um, in elementary school, so I would do a lot of musicals and plays. I was mainly a dancer. Uh, that's what I thought what my profession was supposed to be, but that changed over time. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I picked it up in high school, and then I realized like this is something that I want to do. I definitely had a different perspective or approach to it, um, and then I decided to go into BMCC. 
um, still under that mentality where I didn't have the best approach to what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, so I took about a year break, I believe so. And there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of indecisiveness about it. Like I was so close to being an accountant. <laughs> like my mom was like, "You're good at math. Be an accountant." Um, and I followed that, but it was the first day of class. I was just like, "Okay, I do not want to do this." Um, and then I decided to go back into acting. And I I think from taking a break um, and also uh, focusing more on my mental illness, I that's when I like truly started to take it a lot more seriously and taking myself more seriously. Um, so college was a great way. Sorry, there's a siren. <laughs> but yeah, college was basically my going to BNCC was a great introduction into going into it just because I learned a lot from there, met amazing people um, that have, you know, granted me opportunities to do things. So that's how I got into acting. So uh, at BMCC, though, uh, did you actually apply to any other colleges around the CUNY, the City University of Publishing CUNY, because it's about the Mosaic City University. But it, because I know, yeah, sorry to interrupt, but I, I, know, I know there are other, you know, uh, colleges, you know, at least community colleges that have, you know, their program, that sort of thing. Kingsborough, I know, had a good thing going for it when I was there as a student. So even though they don't really have a grasp as the MCC does, because the MCC has like a very good, very great grasp of what uh, theater is, that sort of thing. Same with Brooklyn College, too. And I'm not like too many on who I'm just saying, oh, yeah, go to Brooklyn College. But, but that, that's just in terms of my thing. So what chose you to actually attending a BMCC? especially in terms of theater even though you said be... even though you said oh well i want to be like accountant and then going to account like eh, you know a lot of math yeah um uh if we're going to be honest it was just the location yeah <laughs> so my high school is not far from bmcc i went to high school in wall street oh, okay. um and it's funny because our high school always like if you went to BMC or you were going to BMCC, you were looked down upon. We they they pretty much always spoke of BMCC as like the thirteenth grade of mm. our high school because that's where a lot of people go, which was pretty shitty because um, despite my there are some things about BMCC that I don't like, but that's like pretty much with anything in life. Yeah. Uh, I really liked BMCC. I really found a great connection with BNCC and just people that I've befriended or just the professors that I've had. Um, so I'm glad that I went there. Uh, the only other place that I remember applying to and got accepted to was LaGuardia, which was all the way in Queens. So yeah. Nah. Um, I, and and I've been in two so, LaGuardia and LaGuardia is a nice place, but it's a long, long travel even for me but it's not commuting from Brooklyn to Queens, I mean, I, I live on the D train Queens, so just, that's literally just taking two trains to and from, uh, to Manhattan and taking the sixth train, I believe, yeah, the sixth train to LaGuardia, Long Island City, yeah. and then 
and, and then especially just taking classes that could have been like maybe even like 50 minutes or maybe even mm -hmm. or an hour or something like that. But that, that's the thing about that's the thing about uh, the MCC too was location wise. Tribeca is a gorgeous, gorgeous location to be on a community college uh, like facility. Mm -hmm. uh, Kingsborough has a very gorgeous location because it's right by the sea and it's like literally quiet yeah. unless you're like, unless it's like after three o'clock and all the freaking children come out and go straight into. <laughs> you know, and that was another thing at BMCC was that there are so many other schools around that area. I mean, I would lose count to know how many schools that are around that area. I think I've counted like at least five that were around BMCC, where there was like two private schools that were Stuyvesant. And then there was probably two other schools that would like, because I remember there was an extra portion of BMCC that was always closed off because it was like, oh, do not enter. This is for like, you know, private area only, even though it looked like it was going into the school. So I yeah. and I, so I and but if you walked around the block, you were still going to BMCC. So it was like very very weird how essentially, even though it was on a very big, like practically like a mile of campus, maybe I'm not even sure if it was a mile of campus, but even though it was like more than a mile of campus, mm -hmm. there was all these other places that were around BMCC, and yeah, but people do frown upon BMCC or at least community college in general because. Community college is not a four year college, you know. Oh, it's just an associate degree. Don't you know? Call me until you call me once you get the um, uh, bachelor's. That's what I'm So, yeah. And that feels like a large change just to talk about, but yeah, it, it's, it, it's just one of those things about attending. It's just one of those things where you have to be, it's like you have to attend a community college to understand why people. Going to community college is a wonderful joint education by itself. One, you, you it's a two-year program. Two, once you do transfer out and go to a four-year college, that's two years gone already. That's essentially two years gone. So even if you go to a four-year program, that's two years gone. So it's like you're essentially just taking two years worth of community college, right? And then you're taking essentially two years worth of regular college. Mm -hmm. It's it's um it's because that hasn't been my experience sadly. Um, uh, I yeah I got into BNCC in 2013 and I'm technically still there. I have one class left and it's what it's been seven years um, for own personal reasons. Um, but um, I I think I learned over time that education is just education. You can get it the fuck anywhere. <laughs> like, yeah. um, and of course there there's a different in which uh, how community colleges are run uh, versus private schools or private um, institutions. But no, I am not ashamed of that at all. <laughs> like, I, mean, I remember me and my partner had that conversation because I was speaking to him about something and he mentioned of where he went to school. He went to university um, in North Carolina of the Arts, School of the Arts. Um, and we were just talking within the subject of like it doesn't necessarily it does matter to a certain extent there is a certain influence when it comes to schools that you have gone to or went to um but i still know people that have had what would 
be considered a better education or, you yeah. know, in that manner, but, you know, still have a lot work to do, have a lot of work to do. But then you have like people like Nyla that was in BNCC and now she was on the tour in Hamilton. Like it's at the end of the day, like, uh, I don't, I don't really look down upon, <laughs> um, yeah. I personally don't, and I don't think anyone should, um, where they get their education from. Of course, it's great to strive in other places. Like I still want to go to another school, um, yeah. after BNCC, um, but, uh, sorry, there was a fly. <laughs> there's, there's, uh, there's I, literally a fly in my room too. So it's like, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it, it's weird because, you, you, oh, this fly in your room and there's a fly in my room too so I don't know if it's, it's like a trans-dimensional fly that's just, that's just flying into your room and flying out of my room it's like or it could just be there flies everywhere yes. <laughs> um but yeah that's my perspective on it um I'm not ashamed that I went to BMCC again a lot of the shit that I've learned is from there yeah. a lot of the work that I've gotten even outside of BMCC I would have not gone unless I was in BMCC um so yeah uh, yeah, speaking of working at the MCC, how much of the education did you feel actually helped you in your acting? Because I've seen you act on stage, and it's, it, it's really impressive because you have these emotions of just being on stage and being almost like the character on stage. And the thing about the MCC, because I transferred for, from, a, even though when I got to BMCC, I should just, long ago, I should just came as came in as a fresh student, so I could actually, you know, essentially uh, come in with a fresh in mind. But I'm not sure if you've done, like, character work, that sort of thing, where it's just like, oh, we will study, like, that sort of a character, where we essentially uh, build up a character, because, you know, you're giving a monologue and then build up a character from that monologue, that sort of thing. Because when you're playing a role on stage, it's like you're very emotionally invested in both on stage, but also as an actress. You're just very emotionally invested. Even if you need to cry, it looks like you're gonna cry on stage. Even though I don't, <laughs> even though I don't really remember you crying on stage, maybe a little bit, but you know. Uh, in terms of getting education at BNCC, did you have any uh, professors which Mutually, we probably have the same professors. Yeah. Yeah, mutually, we all have the same professors. But did you have, did you have any professors who really gave you the best guidance that made you allow you to actually be that actress on stage? First off, thank you. I actually don't think I am as good as people tell me, <laughs> and that sounds both arrogant and humbling at the same time. So, eh. um, thank you. Um. But in terms of professors, um, I think I took, I mean, I listened to all of them. I think that's, <laughs> each of them have their own way in um, instructing you what to do on stage. Um, so I, I took the bits and pieces of like, they, well, a majority of the things that they tell me, of course, I need to like actually intake. Uh, but there are bits and pieces that have hit home for me or things that I feel like I do need to work on or they made me look at certain things in different perspectives. Uh, but two of the professors would obviously be Papa Cheese and Keith. 
Um, just because, and also like the professors now at the NCC, I'm pretty sure are different. Uh, yeah. Just because I'm hearing about new professors and I'm like, who is this? Um, but definitely uh, Key and Papa Cheese. Uh, I remember with uh, Papa Cheese especially, there, he's just very, I feel like with some other teachers, the things that they instruct sometimes or when it comes to feedback is very, there's a filter there. Yeah. Um, whereas Papa Cheese is just like, there is not really much of a differentiation. He's just very blunt with it. Um, yeah. And not in a way where it's discouraging. It's not, it's more, it's, it's helpful. It's, if anything that comes out of his mouth, it's kind of, you know, sounds harsh. It's for good intentions. It's with good intentions. Sorry. Um, so I'd say Papa Cheese. I remember there was one time in class where I was performing my monologue. And uh, I think this is a monologue that I never performed in front in front of someone and you saw that. Um, and I, he the, took a good time out of the class to work on me and I was getting frustrated, but I needed that. I truly needed that. So I'd say Papa Cheese the most, but again, every as a professor at PMCC, has been dope as fuck. Um, yeah. And everything that I've learned from them. But yeah, Pops. Pops is the shit. Yeah. Uh, in terms of everyone else, though, uh, do you have like a... Because I think at PMCC, the amount of dedication the professors have, especially with, you know, students like like me and you and, and practically you know, students who have, well, I'll just say that I have a great difficulty in learning how to like, not necessarily becoming a character, but just like a great difficulty in understanding the grasp of academia. There's a lot of great stuff in BFC where it's like, okay, they don't, they don't like with Papa G's, he will, uh, and, uh, and, also with Winsett too, and because Winsett is a character too, but he's mm. awesome. Winsett's also- Winsett, with all my heart. <laughs> but go on, sorry. But yeah, it's like, people like Wins uh, with Papa Cheese, Winsett, uh, Dowling, uh, Dr. Huff, and many others, they will always be like, kinda, you know, they will always be critiquing of what I need to do become to be better, and then we use in that direction. I would always be a lot more better in terms of my acting because I would always be uh, like what you said before. Is like I don't see myself as a great actor, and I just see myself as just being oh, I, I'm performing lines on stage, that sort of thing. But I don't see myself like really, really becoming that character until probably when it's showtime, that sort of thing. Because that's, that's another thing where it's like rehearsals, that's what, you know, rehearsals leading into essentially a, a performance time, you know, performance safe. That I feel like that's always a different thing because, you know, rehearsals, all that stuff. You know, mm -hmm. even when you're on stage and you're not inside a rehearsal room for like a few hours and you're actually on stage, you're actually in costume, you're actually holding props, that sort of you know, you, you know, uh, it's not a room enclosed. There's actually open air, that sort of thing. You know, theater, 
feels so nice and welcoming. You actually can, you know, pronounce words that you could feel like a lot more thing. So yeah, it, it's, I forgot what I was saying, but yeah, uh, it, it, I, I will say that though, the, the, the professors at BMCC and any other college really, especially with the CUNY uh, system, they treat and teach everyone with so good in their heart that they really aren't, uh, uh, really aren't, uh, yeah. They, they treat everyone with just like a heart and they really aren't, uh, uh, what's the term? Treated, I mean, they are treated right, but at the same time, I've seen students like other classmates or who just treat the you know, professors with like that, where a slew of arrogance about them. Oh, yeah. I, just because Professor X told me, you know, I need to do this doesn't mean I need to do this. That's what. Mm -hmm. Like, they, like, it, it's, it is what it is. But, yeah. So, yeah, in, in terms of theater, I'm just glad that BMCC has a way of essentially sticking to your uh, education because I, as, as any, and as what you said before, education, no matter where you get from it, it could be education on the street, it could be education from your home, it could be education from your big band or something like that. Mm -hmm. Education where you get it would always stick by you, essentially. But yeah, mm -hmm. uh, in, in terms of your performing arts experience, was this stuff that at BMCC where you felt actually like, Okay, I, I'm doing acting, but is there other stuff? Okay, this is a very odd segue, but how did you get into Hello. poetry? Huh? <laughs> I love, <laughs> I love how forthright you were with it. Like this is gonna, how did you get into poetry? <laughs> um, I was like, I, I, I'm trying not to. <laughs> I, I was like, I'm thinking of the question. I, I'm trying to think of the of perfect segue. You know, ah, screw the for Screw the. Uh, the okay, the this is your show, oh. man. <laughs> so, how'd you get into okay. poetry? Was it? So, how'd you get into poetry? Yeah, but yeah. Uh, at BMCC, did you, because I know you're a very, a, a very good poetress. Yeah, poetress. That's true. Poet. Poet. <laughs> um, <laughs> but. Yeah, at BMCC, were there other areas of performing arts where you kind of like started exploring? Like, I know you're a good poetress. Uh, I've heard I've heard your stuff, and it's very, it's like very, very. I won't say like deep stuff, but it's <laughs> since since I'm not really a poet guy, I'm like it, it sounds deep to me. But in other people, like that eh, no, was fair, that sort of thing. But at BMCC. <laughs> Uh, but at BMCC, did you strike anything that was like kind of like performing arts wise, like anything else that wasn't like acting but still performing arts? Um, so, uh, yes, I mean, I, yes and no. Like, I don't, so I think at, with everyone, at, like when you're starting out in general, when it comes to anything performative, um, it's oh it every other artist has another art outlet that they like to do yeah you know so it's it's one of those things um i just think now that you have a community in which people who are actors actresses um 
have other areas of artistry in their lives that's something that you can bond with them and, and then it kind of that's that's something that heightens yours it's like okay I'm not the only one how I started poetry um I used to write a lot of poetry when I was in middle school I used to read a lot of stuff um but uh this one was it I want to say it was about I'm 25, right? Gotcha. So I want to say about six years ago. Um, I went to an open mic in the Bronx. I had a friend that was performing there. And I saw him and I saw the other um, performers and I was like, oh my God, oh, this is so inspiring. Um, and I've always wanted to perform poetry. So it was something that was like in my mind, but then I started writing again. And then uh, after seven o'clock, you remember seven o'clock, correct? Yes, I do. Yes. I thought you were, so, I, thought, I thought you literally meant after seven o'clock time, but then you were no, like- No, 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 no. The play, Clovis's play. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I remember so, seven o'clock. Got it. So, um, who was it? Uh, Rebecca. Um, you know Rebecca, right? Yeah. Yeah. Got it. So Rebecca and Clovis, specifically Rebecca, is affiliated with an open mic, uh, an open mic that they that where they okay wow where they hold an open mic um, in a cafe shop in Queens, and Clovis goes there, and um, other people do, and so one day they invited me, um, and. I saw both Rebecca, which Rebecca is an amazing fucking poet. Um, I, I was telling her that. And same thing with Clovis. Clovis is a great poet. And I had told them that, you know, I do write poetry, but I've never performed it. Always wanted to. So they encouraged me, encouraged me. And that's when I did. And then I did. I was like, yo, this feels great. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, ah, this is something that I like to do. Um, like, I, I genuinely enjoy it. Um, and then I started performing ever since. I started performing, um, did I before? I think I performed with the Bronx before, I don't remember. Um, yes, I totally did. I performed in the Bronx with Dev um, before. Yeah. We like told each other, we were like, okay, we're gonna perform. We're gonna do something. <laughs> we have to like get some sort of confidence. So I performed with him. Uh, and then uh, when I did Bodega Nights, my castmate was is a rapper and he's also a poet so he introduced me to his community um and it's the same thing in theater like in the poetry yeah. community a lot of people know each other um yeah. so yeah i've been doing it for a few years i lack the discipline and constantly going open mics um just because i work a lot um yeah. but well not anymore <laughs> um, thanks yeah. COVID. <laughs> Thank you, Kozo. Um, but yeah, that's um, that's how I got into poetry. Uh, and it's also an outlet where, where I don't need to put pressure on myself. It's one of yeah. those artistries, um, aside from all the other art, art outlets that I have. I think poetry is the one that I don't feel that I need to put a lot of pressure on myself because I don't really have a set plan and where I want it to go. Um, yeah. I just want to meet people. I just want to meet other artists. I just want to write the shit that I do. And I just want to perform. That's it. 
Yeah, I think with something like poetry, it, it, it speaks to a different mind. And I've tried writing poetry, uh, especially since uh, I've seen your work and also I've seen our friend Brandon's work, who is a great poet. And it's like Brandon Vaughn Pure. For, for, I'm, I'm for some. If oh, yeah. Brand, yeah. Brandon, Brandon, if you're watching this, I'm sorry, man. It's like. I'm kind of dyslexic on certain names. So if I see a name, I'm just like, I'm gonna sound it out as Purell, but it's not Purell, but you know what I mean. But yeah, Brandon, Brandon's work as a poet, my God, it's like, you kind of like taken on a trip with like, there is a way of telling the story with poetry, but when you hear Brandon's poetry, it's like literally being taken on a trip from the first moment to the last moment and it's like it's it's our yeah it's our experiment too so they also have the voice for it sorry yeah (laughs) yeah and yeah brandon's voice is like gaudy in terms of poetry they speak so yeah Mm -hmm. uh in terms of your poetry like what strikes you as like what do you have like a certain background in terms of okay, uh, not like background like you know, this like this is the background I'm talking about and this poem that sort of thing. In terms of like how you create these poems, that sort of thing. Like how is your background is like? Do you really have like background like this where you're just like okay, I'm just gonna be normal for like a couple of hours, just clear my mind, meditate, usa, whatever, and just like here we go write down some poetry, that sort of thing. It's like, what is your like poetry uh, mindset in terms of like creating like the first word to like a sense of that word? Um, it comes at random. How I started off, um, I don't want to say started off. Uh, I do this thing. <laughs> I do this thing when I am upset or depressed or something. I just write a lot of stream of consciousness. That's how yeah. I started off writing with anything. Um, just write it all out. Sometimes I'll go back to it and see if I find little gems and create off of there. Yeah. Um, but I honestly, those are, it's, it's not even environmental or like what my surroundings are. It'll be like a urge. It'll be a quick urge it'll be like this is a good idea or more or less it'll be like one line write it down um so i can save it for later um because i'll remember what it is that i wanted to write about um yeah a lot of it depends on my on the mood i base my mood on a lot of things but also that can be bad because a lot of my first draft uh pieces I st- they still remain as first draft when I need to, in my opinion, continue to the like... second one. Yeah. Um, yes. I have, I've been doing it a little bit in quarantine, but also <laughs> I have not. I, during quarantine, I've just been having like the biggest artistry, like artist block. I don't know what it is, but, um, yeah. but yeah, I, there are times I think, where I'll I think, sit I, myself I, down. I generally sorry, feel the same. No, sorry. I generally feel the same thing where it's like during quarantine, it's like I should be very creative. And then it's like, there's like this writer's block, even though there mm-hmm. shouldn't be. 
But yeah, go ahead. Um, sometimes I'll definitely plan when I want to write, but, and I think that's mainly for revision when it, but when it comes to, if I, it, when it, when it comes to actually just writing it out, I'm just, if I have an idea, I want to go with it. I try not to make it as like, there's supposed to be a guideline. Like it's this, yeah. like if I were to first write it out, this is what the poem is going to be. Um, it's more or less like if I write a poem or at least a line and then it like just transforms into a stream of consciousness midway, then I'm okay yeah. with that. So in terms yeah, of your, so. yeah, so in terms of background, you do, you do have like a background-ish quality where it's like you have like a preparation, but when you do write poetry, it's not like a set milestone. It's like essentially like a stream of consciousness that essentially evolved into a poem. Uh, do you follow the, like the poetry like notions of like I guess the, the, I guess poetry beats where it's like you follow like a like the rhythm of a poet um, like like the rhythm yeah the rhythm of a poem where it's like you know blah 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 boom blah 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 boom blah 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 blah, blah. oh like, like I am a pentameter and stuff like that or yeah, yeah. it's like uh no. I always wanted to try it uh, just because uh, the uh, open mic that I used to do, go to, the way they uh, set their um, their sessions up, uh, it would be like the first 10 perform, like, you know, the first 10 people that to arrive there have reserved their spots for poetry or whatever they want to do. Yeah. Um, then you have the feature of that night. So it's usually like one performer that has like a good hour to perform what they want. And then you have the live jazz, um, uh, spoken word which is basically anyone can get in line um, and you have the jazz band in the back just like just jamming out uh, any person the people in line just come up perform what they want it can be very small it can be very big it's up to you um, and I always thought that was going to be tricky but I did it once and I was like oh I like this <laughs> um, but not necessarily I think a lot of poets have um their own beat to how they, they write form. yeah yeah or how they write um i'm still trying to figure not trying to figure out what mine is but it it kind of it's different within every poem i believe but yeah wow the sun is shining uh, i know um, i was about to say you know you, you have a great little uh a great little uh uh what's the yeah. term hey a great little halo just right above you and just like you're kind of like very, <laughs> very angelic right now so i, I didn't want to like i didn't want to like i didn't like literally once say hey uh, uh jessica you're kind of like an angel right now so like literally like <laughs> but yeah uh in terms uh, with poetry do you feel like that is a lot more because i know with the performing arts especially in theater Poetry and playwriting, that's that's almost like hand, that goes like almost hand in hand because like once you start writing, especially as uh, especially as an actor, you know, it's like, oh, it's like uh, like with Debstein when he was talking about, you know, his his thing it's like, oh, talk about oh, how he would be you know, on write stuff in between uh, his uh, in between his uh, uh, acting stuff like asking classes right between his like 
lyrics, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, do you see like acting? Well, not necessarily acting, but you do you see theater like almost like opening doors to other ways of performing arts because theater is always going to be a theatrical world you know you can't it, there's no ifs ands or but uh, you know, ifs ands you know buts about it you know theater is going to be like theater it's like an actor's got to be on stage stage hands got to be in the back trying not to cry because someone is not if someone is talking very loudly or not sharply you know stage mm -hmm. managers not trying to pull their hair out you know that's what you're doing. so or the stage manager is going to go nuclear on someone for talking last loudest yeah. Uh, do you see performing arts, especially in the theater, as a gateway into doing other performing arts? Because I know, <coughs> sorry about that. Do you like, especially with theater, like with at BMCC, one of the required classes was a playwriting. So, did you like? I'm not sure if you you have Wednesday for uh, playwriting. Right? Or did you... Oh yes, the fuck I did. Okay. <laughs> I love him. Uh, did you, when you were taking Winstead's playwriting class, did it actually help you in terms of like writing more better? Because not generally as a playwright, uh, you know, playwright, but also just generally with uh, because I know you're talking about the, with the stream of consciousness with poetry. Uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is, does theater really open doors to like other? Uh, like oh, to open doors to other performing arts, like a sense of like poetry, that's what I think in a sense it can. I think theater is one of the most multifaceted, um, how would I say this? I guess genre in yeah. art, just because it, there's, it, People are people within there are not strangers to having more than one outlet. Yeah. Um, example: When you see when you go see musical theater, you see someone there that's like dancing their ass off while at the same time singing, while at the same time yeah. acting. Um, so which there is no hard by itself. Which, yeah, which is hard by itself. But there are people who are yeah. like extremely talented who could belt out a song, but at the same time not be so out of breath afterwards. And also the dancing choreograph, all that stuff. It's like, and of course, I don't really see a lot of musicals because you know, music. I'm not really a musical person because that's, I, no. I love I love musicals, but I just don't see musicals a lot because you know, it's practically a three hour. Uh, you, you practically have to sit. In, you practically have to sit down for three hours watching people like sing and dance. No, so it's 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 understandable. We're wrong. It's, it's like it's one of those. Okay, I love to see these musicals, but at the same time, it's like I gotta like maybe maybe once like maybe a musical once a month or something. Like that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's a, that's an odd way of saying, it, but uh, yeah, uh, it does gain, especially with theater, it does gain different outlets to yeah to do because especially if you're. Uh, especially if you're doing the behind the scenes stuff, it does actually help you like with sound. Like I've had sound practicum and I had production practicum and that helps me a lot in terms of being both a production stage, but also editing, you know,
doing this show, you know, I've had workers uh, audacity, the, the the program, not not the audacity of some, but there's a program called Audacity. Uh, it helps you um, audio. Stuff. I remember. I took. I took. Did you have Bob Piper? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love him so much. Uh, yeah. Which was another thing. Uh, sound production. Uh, I'm, I, people can easily get inspired to like start producing music just off that class. Like it was fun. Yeah. As well. like, I loved that class. It was one yeah. of my favorites by far. I, I, I forgot who it was, but in that class, there was just another person who was there who was literally with himself, just like, creating beats and beats with like a uh with the, the audio systems around and he would be like you know yeah. like creating beats all that stuff and piper he'd be like yeah man just keep doing that and he's like and and then he'd be like okay here's what the uh, thing is for that because pepper is a i have to get piper on the, on the pocket too because i know as a musician, i know with him as a musician he has a lot of great uh expertise that's good thing and also, I'm trying to get key too. So it's like I'm trying. I'm trying not to. I'm trying. I'm being hopeful for all this stuff. But for season three, yes, for season three, I'm want to go, go big and go home. So anyway, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, so I think we talked a lot, a lot about poetry, at, at least in my eyes, because I'm just again. <laughs> it, it, you spoke a lot about poetry, and I, I think it gets a lot into the thing and again I'm not really a big poem person so yeah uh now you mentioned the Bronx before and you mentioned well yeah back to poetry uh, yeah in, in terms of the Bronx how well is the performing scene the, the performance scene there because I know Bronxites Bronxites uh Bronx I have no idea the Bronx natives, the actual New York natives. Uh, that's not that's not a, a thing about us New Yorkers. <laughs> but, but if you actually look at the map of New York, the like the Bronx is literally the last part of actual New York. So. Mm -hmm. But that but that's a different story. But uh, we all island somewhere. <laughs> but in terms of the performance artists, or the performing arts in the Bronx, how is it there? Because I would because. When you think about performing arts in New York City, you think of, of you know, Manhattan or Brooklyn. Well, mostly just Manhattan. Like when you think of performing arts in, in New York City, it's Manhattan. But in Brooklyn, it is like it's mostly probably downtown. Like maybe uh, I was about to say Wall Street, uh, Williamsburg, Bushwick, around that area. In terms of downtown Brooklyn, Queens is. I don't know much about Queens, but I've seen like where the Queens-ish areas are. Uh, but and Staten Island, I've and I've already had guests on the show who actually are from Staten Island. The pressure probably is, and this is you know again go support all these artists who I've mentioned in the, in the past too. So yeah, uh, in terms of the Bronx performing arts scene, how is it around that area? Because I know I've. Like some of my best friends are from the Bronx, you know, Epstein. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure you know who she is, but Rachel Navarro. Uh, I'm pretty well, I'm not sure. But no, yeah, yeah, and, Rachel and, uh, A couple of other people who I know are from the Bronx. It's like, how is it performing up in, in the Bronx? Because I know there's Lehman College. I know there is 
Fordham University, but I don't know if Fordham University has a theater program because I know it's an actual university, so it's, like, it's not part of like the uh, the CUNY system. So yeah, um, it's like, how is it for, uh, like because I know the Bronx is like a very very big borough by itself because I've seen a map and I was like, where does it start and where does it end? Like, that that sort of thing. It's like mm -hmm. that sort of thing. Uh, it, but yeah, generally performing the Bronx like. What is your experience in performing in the Bronx? Um, well, the only thing I've ever performed in the Bronx is poetry. Oh. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't go to Lima or Fordham or anything. Um, so in terms of like performing arts in that sense, it's mainly just poetry. It, it's very raw. It's very, not that it feels different, but it's for me, I, it can be can be intimidating but that's based on my own personal experience not personal experiences my own personal thoughts um but it's very raw it, it truly truly is um there's some amazing poets out there that are from the bronx and perform there there that are just mm. they're just fucking rad <laughs> um i'd say that yeah but that's the number one word i'd say i would use is raw it's very raw in comparison to the other places that I've ever performed in. Um, but yeah. Uh, it's, you, um, yeah. In terms of the other performing arts, uh, I, I will say like actual, I, that's like, I will say in terms of performing artists from the Bronx, uh, like actors, actresses who are Bronx natives, that sort of thing. Uh, do you feel like those who actually are from the Bronx have like carry a lot more weight into their acting, that sort of thing, or in their professional performing work? Because um, you, you, men you mentioned that people who are from the Bronx, or at least in the, in, in the poetry eyes, it's a lot more broader and that sort of thing. Uh, and, and I know for a fact, those who are from the Bronx carry a lot more of a rawer sense of just acting, whereas like they have a lot more freer sense of like what acting is. Yeah. So in terms of the actors who you know from the Bronx, like famous actors, that sort of thing, or actresses, do you get the sense that the Bronx does carry a bit of truth to it, or is it just like a like a, a general truth that's like, oh, we are performing in the Bronx is like a lot more, it's just the atmosphere. Um, well, so, yeah, yeah. I mean, anyone in any form can be as authentic as they'd like to be, definitely. I don't feel that really relies on location, but, um, based on history, based on knowing how the borough is itself, it, yeah, there's a lot of people there that, that have, like, that have a certain depth to them, that they bring in any of their artistry, not only just acting, example, Dev brings it into his music, same thing with Vanya, brings it into her music and their music, um, you know, it, it's, um, what was I going to say? <laughs> I think, again, I feel like no one is incapable of bringing such authenticity to their artistry. Um, I think definitely people in the Bronx, too. 
Um, but again, that is that's that's such a generalization that I personally yeah. can't make. I personally think with my poetry, with the poetry that I've been to, my comparison is just because I am from the Bronx, so it felt it felt more like home. It felt more raw to me. Um, probably someone from Brooklyn can think otherwise. Someone from Queens maybe think otherwise, or they can agree. It's up to them. Um, but and I'm not trying to make this sound as diplomatic as possible. It's just nah, nah. you know. I know I know what borough I come from, and I know the people there, and I've met some of the most amazing talents there. But there's also I mean another other amazing talents I've met from other places. But to me, the Bronx will always be a sense of rawness. There as much as much as it's trying to get gentrified, um, which is a whole other, sense of rawness there. Which is a whole other conversation by itself. Like, yeah. Why would you gentrify the Bronx? Leave it as it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, now speaking of the Bronx, so you starred in a web series called Bodega Nights, and although Bodega Nights, I believe, was supposed to be set in Brooklyn, because it, it's odd because some of the locations from the episodes will be like very Brooklyn esque uh, titles, and then I'd be like, wait a minute. I don't know all these places in Brooklyn. This doesn't feel like Brooklyn. And then they'd be like, oh, this, you know. It, because it, it felt like, oh, it feels like it's somewhere in Queens, maybe in the Bronx somewhere. Else. But yeah, in, in terms of Bodega Nights, how did that come about? I'm going to answer your question one. It was only in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. It was nowhere in Queens. This was um, East New York. So oh, yeah, okay. that's why. That's probably why. Um, the one so part Bodega the Nights, one one part of Brooklyn that I don't go to because it's too far away, like literally too far away. It, yo, the commute there was lovely. <laughs> um, so, how yeah, Bodega Nights started? Yeah. Um, so the the co-director, uh, his name is Miguel Ortiz. Uh, I love him. He's amazing. He, um, I met him uh, because he needed uh, someone for a small like series he did called Chapters of Us um, and that's where I met him and we hit it off ever since and then there was one day I was in Barnes and Noble I think this was either early last year or probably late year of December I don't remember um fuck I don't remember but it, I think it was it, I think it was 2019 early early 2019 um so um shit okay sorry now I'm like no was it but I saw him I bumped into him in Barnes and Nobles and I was like thinking about him I was like oh my god where have you been bro um and then he told me he was like dude honestly I have a show uh, that I want you to be in, and I'm like, what? Really? <laughs> yeah, so he had told me that he wrote uh, the character Jess around me. As you can tell, there's very similar similarities that we have. Yes. Um, but yeah, yeah, so I felt like I was playing myself, but in a different sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. He wrote that around me and, you know, later on it started to be developed. And then in the summer, 
think early summer, that's when we started having our meetings. Um, and then we shot for Big Nights in late August and early and pretty much throughout September. Um, so that's how that came about. So I didn't really, I didn't have to audition. He just wrote the character and was like, I know you can play this bitch. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's how Bodega Nights came about. Um, yeah. Now, uh, I know Bodega Nights just recently got uh, nominated for a, uh, I'm trying to remember it's what it's called. competition. Yeah, competition. Yeah. Uh, when you heard that news, were you like at all surprised? Because did you figure, oh, but Vega Nights, it'd be like, it'd be like a small web series, that sort of thing, that, that, you know, on like Instagram, that sort of thing. Because when I, I would always be like the hype man for you. It was like, hey, you know, if you're, it's Tuesday you night. Are, I know, I'm a good you, hype man too. You are, I appreciate you so fucking much. Like, Thank you. You were on it every week. I love it, I love it, I love it. I was like, hey, um, it's, it's only 10 minutes, so if you need something to watch. <laughs> But yeah, I, I was surprised um, to actually see it like be nominated because I was like, oh yeah, it's like it's a, it's it's on Instagram. It's very widely uh, uh, attainable to watch that sort of thing. So and I wasn't sure like how web series would be nominated that sort of thing. But seeing that web series be nominated, it was like it made me smile because you know it's like stuff because uh-huh. and. There is a lot of underground, well, not underground, but there's a lot of new filmmakers, especially coming out of New York City, who are getting their start on like literally like this, not like this, but like on online. Like their work online is starting to become a lot more precedent and actually getting a lot more noticeable. And so, yeah, uh, when you heard about the news about it being nominated, like what did you say? It was like, oh man, this is like, it's like. Is that uh, like were you were you like for is this for real nominated? Is like 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 uh, so, like were you shocked? Were uh, you like presently surprised? I was so I was confused because <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh, Miguel had told me he was like uh, that I was asking about season two. Yeah, he started writing it and stuff. And he was like, for right now, that he's just applying for grants so we can get a better budget. So, yeah. you know, next time it'd be, you know, much, I, 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 what, in whatever way it'll, you know, kind of fit the, the, the series, then yeah. But um, he had told me that we got into uh, Miami's Urban Film Festival. Uh, so that's when I was like, oh my God, yes. I was like happy. Like anything that we're in, that was happy. Um, and then I saw, I didn't even get an announcement necessarily for that. People just started posting it. And then I started, I got tagged in it and I was confused. I was like, wait, what? Wait, what? I'm going <laughs> and I was like, wait, what is this? You know? Wait, I'm going, I'm going to Miami? Wait, what? <laughs> no, it was for the HBO one. That's the one oh. I got confused in. Because I was like, oh. I thought we got into the urban Miami festival um so when I saw that I was like what the fuck and I was so hesitant to put it up that we got nominated because I knew as soon as people saw HBO that's what they were going to correlate it to not correlate it but that's what they I think they were going to make it a bigger deal than it actually was um not saying that getting nominated for that is not a big deal because I I mean it's it's accomplishment but um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, I was just as 
after I got less, you know, I was not as bewildered. Um, I was so fucking happy. I was like, I love my team. I love y'all so much. I love y'all. You guys are amazing. And yeah, um, I just can't wait to know what season two is. Yeah, especially uh, because of what's happened with uh, Auntie Mona, but yeah. Uh, if, if that's the term, Auntie Mona, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, mm-hmm. Corona really has put a, a kibosh on a lot of filming, especially, you know, not only with performing arts, but just like, like performing arts in, in Brooklyn. Yeah. Performing arts in New York City, it's literally just on pause, and we don't know when it's going to return. So, if this happens to be for the next like couple of months, then yes, we'll just make do with whatever. But yeah, uh, uh, but I do love that stuff that you worked on is actually still getting appreciated, and there in HBO. Uh, because I know HBO, I'm not sure if HBO still does this, but they used to do a show called Real Shorts, I think, or maybe on P, uh, uh, PBS, I don't remember, but they used to do a show called Real Shorts, and they would actually actually show stuff that were made by people, that sort of thing, and maybe like 15 minutes, that sort of thing. So if, I, if, like, if I'm passing through HBO one day and I see Real Shorts on, and I see, oh, oh, it's an episode of the Knights, let me just see this for a second. And, <laughs> and it's like, and that allows you to actually, like, hey, you know, it's, even though this thing is like 10 minutes long and it's on HBO, it's like, you can still watch it elsewhere. It's like, but yeah, it gets you rec- not only recognition, but also it's like a, a way of, your t- like, the team that created a thing, a, a way to be uh, appreciated for the, for their hard work that they put in for essentially for... Mm-hmm. A very hot summer, I will say. Uh, like the summer of 2019 was like scorching hot, and it was hot. Thank God it was like turning into fall though when we were filming. So I was yeah. really happy about that. And I, I love the fact that you shot at night too, or well, film at night too, because filming at night always gives a nice little, uh, very neo uh, neo noir type of like look about New York City, especially when the, it's like, especially if you're walking down a block and there's no lights out i mean there's no lights but there is a light like down the block but it's kind of like blocked because of the trees and whatnot because my blocks will be like very well will essentially be like that because you know i'd be walking home one night and then i'd be like oh it's a very dark block but there's a full light at the, at the like in the block but being blocked was the tree lights so yeah mm-hmm. but yeah when you're filming at night in new york city it's almost like a very neo-noir type of type of yeah we would stay. Atmosphere. We would stay up. Like I remember, there was one where we it was four a.m. Really? And I wanted I, and that was like I we sh- we started shooting around twelve a.m. No, sorry, twelve p.m. So twelve in the afternoon, all the way down to like four a.m. And of course, we had breaks. Like they like again, they had like a set group that was like really dope. So we got. We got yeah. fed. We had breaks. Yeah, but again, we're all hungry for some sort of success or some sort of, you know, satisfaction with our artistry. So we're like, fuck, I don't yeah. mind. 
But I definitely uh, wanted to go home. I was tired. <laughs> yeah, and especially it's a, it's a long commute back to uh, back to the Bronx from East New York. But I would imagine so, especially uh, coming home after like four or five o'clock in the morning, or at least you know with a car and whatnot. So I'm not sure. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I do want to ask you something in, in terms of Bodega Nights. Uh, th there were scenes where it actually took place in Bodega, hence the name Bodega Nights. And, and so, yeah. from your perspective, like how was it shooting inside an actual Bodega for like the amount of time you did? Because I know you like characters of like both your character and the other and the other main character. He would be like, oh. Visiting bodegas, that sort of thing. Uh, how many bodegas, like, do you remember offhand, like, how many bodegas you were able to shoot in, or is it just like one bodega that you were able to film, like, two of them? Wow. Yeah. Uh, you want to know a funny story? Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, the second episode where Jess robbed the bodega. Yeah. Right? Um, we spoke to the person at the counter i guess he was the one that owns the place uh yeah. to be the actor in it so the guy who i am robbing is actually the bodega like he's the bodega man um it was so funny and he was adorable i loved him <laughs> but i had a gun obviously and it looked yeah. real and so we kept telling people there there are some people outside that kept trying to enter the bodega but we couldn't they they were well, yeah, they couldn't. We were telling them, like, we're shooting something. Someone realized what was going on, saw, and they can only see with a certain perspective. They don't see the camera. They only see me with a fucking mask, dressed in black, shooting a gun. Someone called the cops on us. And oh, my God. In they came. And my, one of my, uh, I guess, it's, I don't, yeah, I think it was one of the producers. He was like, he like grabs the gun. He's like, oh, give me, give me, give me. He just hides it in the bread. Um, <laughs> and, he, and the police officer come in laughing. They're like, hey, we heard, we got a call that someone in a mask with a gun is terrorizing uh, in, in the bodega. And I'm like, that'd be me, sir. We're shooting. <laughs> and it's just like, you see this big ass camera. Does everyone not see this huge ass camera? Like, what the fuck? You know, um, so yeah, no, we only shot in two bodegas. It was, um, yeah, we only shot in two, and they were dope about it. The guy, the people there. Yeah, um, because I, I, I wanted to know, like, especially as an actor, just like filming in uh, filming on location, especially if it isn't like a fixed location, like a set location, where it's like, oh, it's something that we build on the set, but filming on location inside an actual authentic bodega is like. You know, you could, it's like one of those, and it literally looked like a place that you've probably been to like so many other times. <coughs> Excuse me. So many other times, and you'll be like, and here's your character literally having to rob a place, and it's like, you know, here's your gun, all that stuff, and it's only like maybe like a minute or two, or one, like maybe a minute or two, maybe even 90 seconds. I forgot how long it is, but. It's usually about like seven minutes. Yeah, but, uh, but I'm talking about like the scene itself, where it's like oh, oh the scene itself. Sorry, yeah, no, it's it's it. Okay, yeah, it for how uh, 
seeing the final product and how many in, in versus how many times I had to do that fucking scene and spend time at that bodega is is vastly different. It is different. Yeah. Uh, but oh, and I, I think this is a good question to end on. But do you see like more online multimedia becoming a lot more popular now because of what's been happening? Do you see people do, like uh, because creating like maybe a seven to like eight minute web series that's that goes on for like maybe ten episodes or something? Do you see as that as a good way to not only promote yourself, but also just being, hey, you know, even though this is not the not the future to be had in mind of what was been happening, but hey, it's gonna be a nice little it's a nice little uh, prospect of what to do. Because I know for a fact that Zoom plays are you know, Zoom plays uh, or Zoom that sort of thing, you know, it could only go for as long as it can until the theaters are back up. But do you see essentially online multimedia, i.e. like web stores that are filmed around this time, do you see it continuing on even after, you know, production has been on pause in New York City and just like, okay, people could actually start filming again. And people have been starting filming again. I know one of my uh, people one of my have guests. been filming throughout quarantine. I hope yeah. You know yeah, I know. Um, I think it'll be a little bit of both. I think there will like there has to be some sort of precaution to take with you know the pandemic, even if it is safe to come outside again, and if there is a vaccine that would come about, people are still going to be very skeptical about not. Oh, I want to say skeptical, but more. They take more, much more precaution, you know? Yeah. But there's still people, like, uh, I had two auditions. I didn't do it because I, I forgot. <laughs> I had two auditions where they actually were going to film something um, during this pandemic, and it was in June. Um, yeah. June, July-ish. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I think it'll be a little bit of both, but I think everyone should, everyone is still going to take some sort of precaution with everything. I think that people are, that are doing things within the realm of their home and doing things virtually, I give them props. Um, you have to get your creative juices flowing and getting your artistry out there somehow. Um, but yeah, I, I, I see this going for a little bit, but after when there is a sense of normalcy or what we, yeah. what was our perception of normalcy, um, then it'll go back to being what it was, you know. Yeah, uh, I, I, and I know for a fact actors or just performing artists in general need to be in a room with enough artists just to be creative. Because you mm -hmm. have to feed off of, off of that energy. If you aren't feeding off that energy, then you're just like, you're literally just on your phone, just like, like, yeah. And it's kind of heartbreaking because you know, I, I, there are ideas I want to do, but I can't do it because of what you know what's happening right now. It's like I, I want to produce another play of mine, but I can't do that because there are no theaters to do that. But I might do it virtually, but in order to do it virtually, I need to work out great schedules in advance, that sort of thing. And it would only probably be like maybe one day where all these people would call it in and then I'll be releasing it on YouTube or something like that. And then 
Well, yeah, it's there is a great difficulty in terms of what's happening because of what's happened, especially what's happened with COVID. But I do hope that by the end of the year, there should be something workable because I can't see myself. Yeah, because I can't see myself just like waiting another year for everything to go back to 2022, where it's just like, ah. You know, it's twenty twenty is twenty twenty two, and and it, there's nothing really of that, like kind of like normalcy anymore. So yeah, it's it, it just to put put my thought into process. It is what it is, and we can't really. We, I wasn't too upset um, with everything shutting down necessarily. Um, yeah. No, there was a play that I was directing with James at the MCC and other people had shows and I know it was heartbreaking yeah. but you know it's situations like this it's like we just have to nip it in the bud um yeah. you know and prep for another year or prep for another time yeah. um so it is what it is and on that note, I think this is a good way to end the episode of season one of, I mean, oh my God, I said season one. <laughs> it's okay. It's your show. Hey. I haven't been doing this for, I took a break from filming for the past few weeks just to catch up on not only Avatar, but you know, stuff like that. But, and uh, this has been season three. Oh, crap. I forgot my last important things. Go for it. So I have three questions that's quite easy, or a couple of questions that's quite easy. One, do you have any advice to the actors or performances watching or listening right now? Continuous, well, continue working on your craft by yourself, whether if that's reading monologues, if that's working on resonance in your voice, working on physicality, just there are so many things that you can do and prep for even though you're not doing anything right now, doesn't necessarily mean you have to stop everything altogether. And I'm pretty, and the thing about you, and I do have to question is like, do you want to have any social media you want to plug? But every now and then, it's like kind of hard to find you on social media because you do take that social media break just to be on the safe side because I, I do I do say and I do agree with this is like every now and then you do need a social media break where it's like you're not focused on social media but when you are on social media where can we find you? You can find me on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram handle is Dioza Diozx. Um, so D I O Z A D I O S X. There you go. And just my Facebook if you want to see. Well, I'm both. On both social media platforms, I just speak a lot about things that are political um, and about being gay. Um, so <laughs> nope. it's Jessica, it's Jessica this, Cruz, Jessica K. Cruz. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, and uh, I would say, my last question would be, uh, do you have any other pro projects to working in the future? But yeah, do you have any projects in the future that we'll probably be hoping Yes. For? I actually oh, okay. Do. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I am working on a play that will be in October. 
So they're doing doing it very interestingly. So instead of it being like a Zoom call, they're actually going to send out camera equipment so we can do it live and they're going to broadcast it Um, or just, you know, yeah, stream it. Um, That sounds interesting. And Jackson is my scene partner. Yeah. October might be the time when this thing is actually out. So it might be perfect timing. Um, but yeah, there's that. Um, my, uh, I, and in terms of poetry, I have, I, I, I got accepted into a mental health uh, anthology uh, as this poet, as this poet, um, she's dope as fuck, and she was having some sort of like, I don't want to say audition, but you know, to submit your work uh, in yeah. reference to moments. So I have a poem that I wrote. It's actually one of the first poems I performed at um queens in nice um and i just revised it i definitely revised a lot of it um because i got advice from a friend who's a published poet and he was like i think you should tweak this around and so i did and then i submitted it to them and i'm excited for that yeah nonetheless that's that's about it so yeah yeah uh i think in the terms of everything else, we do have to go back to normal and going back to normal, even in this quarantine time, where it's just like, uh, there's limited options. Even with those limited options, you need to keep moving forward. But that has been episode one of season three, not season one, as I said before. Uh, it's been a while since I recorded to me. Uh, yeah, I hope. Everything has been good to those who have been watching or listening or both, you know. I have always been Brian M. Davis, your friendly neighborhood host. This has been Jessica. This has been Jessica Cruz, uh, your friendly neighborhood uh, poetress, actress, performing artist, slash philosopher. (laughs) Am I a philosopher? I hope not. (laughs) But yeah, I hope... Anytime, and you're just a great person to talk with. Uh, we could just talk to hours, but the, the, I, I don't want to get people to be like, eh, you know, this is close to almost ninety minutes, Brian. You gotta pack it up, pack this shit up. But anyway, anyway, I hope you had a great time listening or just watching. So yes, just stay safe and please wear your damn mask. <laughs>